0: Mayday This is a call to all you educators out there It's time to shift our schools Document day. Yeah. I'm going to scroll and scroll and scroll. We've only got a couple episodes left.
1: I don't know. Well, we've got really. I think one. Yeah. I think with the administ- administrative left. group.
0: Yeah, that should be good. Get a bunch of administrators on the last week of school. We're crazy. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> uh, all right. Your standards are mine. This will be a good show, just because I hate standards. Alright, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. No, seriously though, I mean, that's, that's, for me, that's a big part of it. You know, I've, I've blogged about this quite a bit. You know, that if, if technology truly is a tool, and let's just go ahead and get started. So. Yeah, let's get, you know, you yeah, save it just, there, buddy. Let's just jump in. So tonight we've got David at dot uh, coming at us from Taiwan, and we have got Chris O'Neill joining us, uh, who, Chris, what, just give us some background about what you do and where you're at and what's going on.
2: Sure. I'm at University of Virginia, which is a university about an hour and a half southwest of Washington, D.C., and I coordinate an outreach program for school principals, providing professional development to school administrators on technology leadership primarily. And I've got a daughter in middle school, so that she's my technology barometer for projects.
1: <laughs> That's good.
0: Excellent. All right, Uh, do you want to go ahead and get us started, Dave, or do you want me to jump in?
1: (laughs) You know, I think this is a show where you want to jump right in first.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) sounds like it. (laughs) I'll put my stuff out there, and then you guys can take it from there. Um, All right. So I've struggled with this. Well, I've written it on my blog a couple times, and I'll put the link in the show notes that goes to all my blog posts about it. But I've struggled with standards for a while because if we're saying that technology is a tool in the classroom, we don't have standards for other tools. We don't have a standard for the pencil. We don't have the standard for the piece of paper. We have standards for what kids produce with those things. But we don't have standards for actual things. So, you know, I, I understand that we need standards if we're talking about it in the context of a class. Like, uh, you know, yearbook class or like at our school we have a pub tech class that is about using technology. And I understand that. But if we're using it in an integrated model – do we still need standards? Uh, um, this is Chris here. I, I guess the the off is
2: it's sort of like teaching reading or something within the context our content areas. You know, we theoretically we really should be teaching reading in social studies and math and science and um, and if we were all sort of thinking the same things or having the same palette of discussion, then we probably may not even need reading, you know, as a separate content area, for example, or separate set of standards. I think it just helps us make the whole um, experience for students even richer if there is sort of a common discussion of what does technology bring to the table or what can technology offer us as teachers and students. Um, I, you know, I, I certainly don't disagree with you either, so hopefully we weren't looking for a great debate because I'm probably somewhat <laughs> in the same um, ship as you. But I, I think part of it is the term we use. You know, standards seems to make us think of something that has to be tested and that's check-offable, so to speak. Yeah. Um, I think that's the, the challenge, but I think having a, a nice framework is good for us just as a – Common set of um, discussion points, you know, or a common cloud from which all of us technology people think. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, you know, my work with principals is they ask me, you know, what is it that technology does for us? And that's why I like having a set of standards more so than being a check offable list, so to speak, is I can just go to the table with a big group of principals and say, these are kind of commonly accepted notions of what technology does for us. Yeah. and that 's where I use the standards i again, I totally changed the definition of standards
0: well, but I, but I, and I think that 's you know for me, I think that 's something that we need to think about because I agree. I like having them there i don 't like that we call them standards along with reading, writing, and arithmetic. Do you know what I mean
2: yeah, definitely, and i it 's hard because I think um Your point about if we're teaching these technology standards in a specific technology class, that probably really is one thing because I would like to be able to look across the room of 25 kids and say, are you able to concretely prove to me that you're able to do these things? You know, And I can look at a list and check them off and say, yep, I observed you do this and you do this and you do that. But I think in the context of science and reading and math, it's sort of like saying, can you measure – um you know dave did you think in a higher order way you know that's a hard thing to measure did you think in a higher order way right um, but again i think it's just a, a way to um kind of establish a common ground of definitions or common ground of okay guys here's what we think technology does for us you know now you go off in this way and you go off in that way but again i think that the term has sort of become, I don't know, mangled in the last few years or so, the term standards.
1: Yeah. And, and Chris, when you, when you sit down um, with administrators and chat and you bring out the new nets, and just as you were <coughs> to let's say, children are going to have uh, good critical thinking skills or they're going to be able to information together and create their own meaning uh, tying in with the nets, uh, how do they how do they re- react to that um, when you when you share those? Um,
2: you know, I I think what's happened is we've done I think as technology cheerleaders we've sort of done good and bad for our own group. Um, a lot of principals still have this mindset of when they go into a math class, for example, they feel like if they see a teacher using PowerPoint, then there's enough technology going on, you know, because that's mm-hmm. something they can check off. Exactly. And I think part of that is because we, we did have those, those older technology standards that said, you know, can a student insert a graphic into PowerPoint and can a student make correct margins in Word? And I think those just got, um, mangles on a good word, but I think those just got, um, I don't know, m- muggy or unclear over the years. So principals now, when we say, you know, that's not really what we're looking for. When we're in a reading class, we want to see students really engaged with the actual reading. Or if we're in a science class, you know, for me personally, I want to see 25 little scientists in the room. You know, I don't want to see them... I'm flipping through books or whatever it is. And so I think the standards for me when I'm working with school administrators are just nice to be able to say, you know, when I'm in a science class, I want to see students doing research and using trends and making forecasts and that kind of thing. Um, And that's what technology brings to the table.
0: Right. I mean, you want them them using the technology to work on an outcome or something else. Excuse me. (coughs) Of course, just as I decide to speak. Uh, but, you know, that's. I think that's what we're looking for, right? We want to see technology enhancing the lesson. We want to see technology enhancing what's being offered in the classroom. And do you, we, you know, like you said, in a science classroom, we're, we're talking about trends and we're graphing data. And we want it to become so embedded that we don't even think that, oh, the kid needs to know how to use Excel or, you know, the kid is using Excel and the kid knows how to put in a formula. That it's just part of the whole learning process. You know, and and to me, some of this comes, you know, what... I guess part of it is we have to de- decide what a standard is because to me, uh, you know, the way standards have kind of been defined <laughs> is it's not a skill set. And when we talk about technology standards, a lot of what we're talking about is a skill set that kids have to have. That's, and that's kind of like the old nets. And I think that's something that we still need to get out of administrator and out <laughs> of teachers' minds because when you look at the new nets, it's very different.
2: Right. And that's, a, and that's where again, I think almost, uh, I don't know, but maybe calling these things something besides standards, because when we're sitting down with principals, um, I can say to them in some ways, you know, here's a set of standards in which students can do these concrete tasks. And those are things that that I could measure if I were um, a principal, I wanted to know every single kid was able to do this concrete thing. But the way I use standards now with the principals is much less about observable tasks, you know, more about a science classroom that's truly innovative and technology rich does these other things now and that's those things you just mentioned collecting data identifying trends and using models and so on um, so for me they're much more about a um, base I guess from which to have conversations so that way I can have a conversation with principals or a huge group of principals about what does information literacy really look like and you know if I'm talking about um. Classrooms in my school that don't seem to be um, on the higher order uses of technology. What the heck does that e- even mean? Right. And that's why I think these standards are helpful. Just a common ground of definitions, yeah. a common based, You know.
0: Yeah, I, I but, mean, it it gives us a framework to to kind of you know allow people who I guess don't get it to. Wrap around. I mean, if every teacher was like us then we probably wouldn't be having this conversation. We wouldn't have to worry about it. But there's so many teachers that we're still trying to bring into this technology world that I think there needs to be something to frame that conversation around. And I think that's where the standards help.
2: Yeah, and that's a great point. I often think there almost should be two layers of standards in a way. So there's let's take the new NETS-S, for example. That's a layer that's much less like actual checkoffable standards, and that's the ones that you just mentioned. For those of us who are in this job, you know, who are in educational technology, so we already know all about inserting bullets and moving slides and so on, and now I want to talk about how do I make students um, who are really productive digital citizens and who know how to contribute back to an online community in an effective way. You know, that's something much broader, bigger picture. <coughs> Excuse me. And then there should almost be like a layer B of standards, and those really might be um, for a reading teacher you know how might I um, engage readers at different levels using online tools or something, and then, then maybe there are concrete checkoffable tasks um, yeah. and that 's where I think there 's some of these schools i 've seen that that do two things: they have a pull out technology class in which students you learn very concrete technology tools. Um, and they use one set of standards for that. But then they also have technology integrators, you know, who are going into reading classrooms and math classrooms. And that's where I almost think the technology standards um, should sort of be the same as the reading standards and the math standards. You know, yeah. so, so I, I don't know, sort of like the best of both worlds, I guess. Great to have this higher-order version of technology standards, but stop calling them standards, you know, call them common definitions of higher-order technology or something. And then have a separate set of standards for actual technology itself as the thing we're looking at yeah but you know that would be the best of both worlds i think
0: yeah so now you said you work with administrators a lot yes yeah so, so so what are you doing with them around like say i mean do you talk about the nets with them how are you helping them to incorporate that into their school um
2: i think it's sort of the what principals want to look for by default is they want to be able to go into a classroom and observe a concrete set of behaviors or a concrete set of accomplishments that students have made. It's unfortunate, but I think our huge push in standardized test scores has done that to them, um, just by sheer nature of the beast. So by default, principals want to say to us, okay, when I go into a reading class, what should I look for with these 24 students that I can check off? You know, and we, it's, it's difficult for them because what we say is that we've sort of gotten beyond that. Um, you know, look to see that they're present and that, you know, their little light bulbs are going off over their head. But better yet, look to have conversations with the teacher about why did they choose a certain technology, for example. Not just because they did blogs or wikis or podcasts because they're cool or because you told them, I want you to be doing some of this cool Web 2.0 stuff. But more than that, have a conversation about what are you doing with this little subpopulation of your students who, you know, you told me aren't as engaged in reading as some of the others. Or what's a whole palette you can choose from that says, mm-hmm. um, you know, oh, wow, okay, now I figured out a way. It's David has this interest in whatever, you know, international politics or so-and-so has this interest in the green side of teaching and so on. Um, so I think we had a lot of conversations with principals about um, sort of how to give them a framework to engage their teachers in higher-order conversations I don't know if that made sense, but basically, we're sort of trying to get them beyond thinking of they can go into a classroom and check off effective technology use because that's that's hard to do. So what we want to do is say, I want you to go into a conversation and just have you have higher level conversations with your teachers about um, why do you care about technology and why is technology better than you know next Thursday I'm going to integrate technology by doing a PowerPoint. You know, I want you to be having conversations with your teachers about um, what what's missing from your classroom, or how can you get twenty little light bulbs going off over the heads of these students instead of just ten? And then we'll figure out what technology tool makes sense here. And I think just principals aren't used to having those kinds of conversations, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. I think that's a big part of it. How are they finding the new nets harder, easier, different?
2: I think much harder because I think. Again, that's, that word standards. You know, yeah. as soon as people see standards, they think, "Okay, how do we build a test now for this?" Um, and, and I think that's the scary part. I, I'm not sure that the new NETS S standards, for example, can be tested in the way they're written. No, and I, I and mean, I'm not. You know, and I'm not sure that was the intent of those standards right. either. Um, but that's what they're looking for, and I think they're having a really hard time because teachers want to be able to write. And again, I'm not saying this is a knock against teachers at all, but it's human nature is it's easier for me to look at a lesson plan book and write in a little box you know on thursday i'm going to do these three things and check them on um and these new standards are not written that way at all so when you're talking about you know being a good advocate for digital citizenship how the heck can i test you on that thursday you know um and that's again where i tell principals don't think of these as check offable test items um you know, think of these as just sort of an opportunity to beef up the way you use technology in reading and to beef up the way you use if you've got technology coaches, for example, in your building, this is a great way for them to kind of just have a common set of um conversation frameworks, I guess, about you know, it's not so much that I'm coming to teach you how to do a PowerPoint next Thursday. I'm coming to teach you how to engage a population of learners that you were having trouble with last year. Right. You know, or how to to build a science experiment that's um Weaves in some higher order uses of technology that you might not have thought of otherwise.
0: Yeah, no, that's good. How about and, Dave at your and, school? What do you guys? I mean, you, have you guys just adopted the adopted the standards, or what's going on over there?
1: Yeah, yes, and and, and for us, uh, our five learning outcomes are, are pretty much match up with five of the uh, the nets. They really they really fit well, and I, I have, to have to tell a little story three years ago at my old school a whole group of teachers and librarians and administrators and instructional technologists we all came together to write out what was our technology and learning plan and we spent the whole year researching best practices and we kept focusing on learning and when we finished um, there was and we're supposed to write our standards and benchmarks for quote unquote technology and information literacy all along we were focusing on the information literacy and we, we did, we just always saw the technology in the background of helping us get there. But in the end what was, what was just, uh, I think says it all is that we sat down, we looked at our academic standards that a committee had developed the year before and they looked pretty much exactly what the, the new nets would become. They were all about critical thinking, handling information, uh, communication and Uh, Creatively constructing our own uh, understanding. So we just sat around and said, you know what, we'll just adopt those as our, and we stopped using the term technology. We started to use the term information and communication literacy. So in a way, Jeff, I think that really supports what you're saying, is the technology, the whole idea of all these tools fades into the background because we know they're they're just the steps to get us where we want to get. And the steps where we, w- where we w- wanted to get were our academic outcomes, these, these wonderful standards and benchmarks, um, which were all about uh, 21st century learning. So I think that that's one way if you sit down, um, and it sounds like, Chris, this is what you're doing. You're having these conversations with these leaders about what ultimately do you want your kids to be learning. And I think from afar here, it's got to be a battle when you're looking at the the – the, the high-stakes tests that are often um, seemingly seem to be very much uh, knowledge-based uh, assessments. When when we're looking at critical thinking, problem-solving, and decision-making as number four on the nets, uh, that's much more difficult to get to get together. And I'm going to I'll bring up a, my blog post of the week. Chris Lehman had a very good post about all this talk about shifting, but the reality is how tough it is to put in all the work ahead of time to design these lessons that are going to get our kids uh, to develop these skills and use, as Chris, you're saying, these higher order um, level thinking skills. And, and let me, Chris, I wanted to ask you a question going back to our days there at Virginia. Uh, whether you're getting a degree in educational technology or instructional technology, you really hit it on the head is my belief in the modern instructional technologists is that we walk into that room to collaborate with teachers, whether it's individually or a group or it's a curriculum meeting, that we're talking about how can we help that that group sitting in the classroom, those four kids who the light is not going off on, um, or how can we help these students who are ESL students, how can we help the whole process of differentiation. So we're really learning experts um, and out of our tool bag, besides different instructional models that we might bring out, we might bring out some technology, or we might get into information literacy, or we might get into connecting to students or subject matter experts beyond our school walls. But I think that's that's a real role for our modern learning leaders who who just happen to be educational or instructional technologists. And I'm wondering if you if you're finding that true uh, there in Virginia.
2: Um, definitely. You know, I, I it's interesting. I think there's a shift happening, it's just, you know, I'm probably the most impatient in the world, so I want this shift to happen, like, right now. (laughs) You know, I'm ready to shift in a bigger way. I hear that. But, but, you know, I I definitely see that more, because even just four and five years ago, teachers wanted, for example, when schools were getting laptop carts, teachers wanted their technology integrator to be the person who brought the laptop cart to the classroom, you know, and set it up and did stuff with them. But I think now the conversations are, are less about that and more about... Um, you know, I'm going to go find my technology coach and say, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'm getting ready to do this unit on the water cycle or whatever. So I'm trying to figure out how can I really, um, incorporate a couple layers to this beyond just the science piece that I know about the actual mechanics of the water cycle. Can you help me think bigger picture about, um, technology and information literacy and the world of the water cycle and so on? So I think teachers are slowly starting to look at their technology people for that. Um, Which is why I'm glad these standards have shifted a little bit because in the past, the technology or the content area people would look for their technology people to say, you know, can you come show my kids how to insert a graphic into PowerPoint? Or can you come show my kids how to move their slides around or whatever? And now I think they're starting to look at the technology person, not even so much as a technology person, but almost as a higher order um, Mm -hmm. instructional coach person in the building, um, and I think that's beneficial for all of us who are these technology in- integrator types. Um, so that way I'm not, again, I'm not showing you the mechanics necessarily mm-hmm. in your science classroom. You're the science expert. I'm just looking at a way that, um, you know, I can have a kind of a higher order conversation about technology with you as opposed to just stuff or mechanics and so on. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think the trade off too is still even going back to the principles again, um, it's sort of shoved down their throats so much, this whole testing thing. So they want something that, you know, I'm going to show you a tool and then I'm going to come back a week later and ask you if you know what the tool is. And so I think it's having conversations with them too about what techn- technology really does. Um, so I, again, I sort of like this higher, these higher order definitions or however we want to call them. If we have to use the word standards, I guess, but these the higher order new net standards, I think are nice because those are, Almost like the menu from which we can have conversations, yeah. you know so I want to talk mm-hmm. about digital citizenship and here 's the definition of digital citizenship if If you look at this definition, for example, it really isn 't you know next thursday you 're going to see kids correcting their margins, but it 's really more about you know next thursday we 're going to start a project where students are going online and advocating for you know, global peace or whatever the topic is.
0: Yeah. What I like what mm-hmm. I like about them in that, in that same kind of concept is that they allow for our conversations to be continual throughout the year. You know, where like being a digital citizen is not a one-shot, one lesson, <laughs> you know, we're going to teach you to be a digital, mm-hmm. digi- digital citizen today and then we're not going to cover it the rest of the year. But it allows you, I think, <laughs> the way it's written, that every time you get on the computer, you talk about it you know what i mean it yeah I that's a great way, point the way that all of them are written is that it allows the conversation to continue throughout the year there's no set skill that you have to say like you said you know there's no checkbox saying oh my student now knows how to put an image in powerpoint you know we've done away with that and we're really looking at that that conversation that goes across the curriculum and across the year, so you can say yes. We've talked about digital citizenship every time we've gotten online, or four times throughout the year, or when it became an issue in my class, I then have the opportunity to go and talk about it. Dave, you mentioned something over at your school when you said that you've kind of, you've basically adopted these, but you've actually taken the word technology out out of the. Uh, I forget what you said. You called them. You called them something else now. Well,
1: they were the. I, I, the Well, when we we look at our learning outcomes, um, they're all dealing with the uh, higher order thinking skills and 21st century skills. And uh, the the role of – I have my regular teaching job as a humanities teacher, but uh, I work as an instructional technologist as well. But when we talk about our technology plan, we're at the point of dropping the title technology plan and just calling it our learning plan. And I think that says it all, that it's all about what, how we're going to get to our learning goals. And we know underneath it uh, that's where we're going to bring in our technology. And, and so much of that learning is going to involve the, the, the handling of information, whether it's the bringing it in and synthesizing and then sending it out again. Um, so I, I don't know if that's answering your question or not.
0: Well, I, I mean, the second part of my question was have you seen a change in your teacher's Or has there been a change in your school dropping that name? I guess that – I mean that's what I want to know that if we're going to go to these learning outcomes – I mean our school has learning outcomes too. Our school has just gone Mm -hmm. through and because of the way the next are written dealing with higher-order thinking skills, you know, we basically covered them in language arts that they just rewrote the curriculum for. They rewrote the standards Mm -hmm. for. I mean all that stuff is already in there. And by changing the Mm -hmm. name like you did, are you seeing – are, is there less pushback from teachers, or if te- has teachers have more buy in because of that because we 've dropped that 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 name of technology, so teachers don 't feel that like it 's another technology thing being shoved down their throats
1: well i 'll have to go back to my old school in Hong Kong because this is just such a different little school it 's so shifted that it's just it 's the most wondrous place you just don 't think about technology it 's like it's the way you, you framed it it 's just a, a piece of paper or a pencil that we've always used, but we're using, everyone's got the laptops and we're using online uh, collaborative mapping tools and we don't even think twice about it and, uh, that whole idea of students asking to turn something in, there's never a part of their mind to think about printing it. It's that they're gonna, it's gonna be Google Docs or if we're gonna talk about it in curriculum meetings, it's all about concepts, uh, where any standards that we adopt are concept-based, and then we bring them back to our five learning outcomes again. Um, so I'd have to go back to my, my previous school, and they are working totally as an instructional technologist. I, in, in meeting and curriculum meetings or one-on-one with teachers, I never used the word technology. It was always about... What, what are your instructional needs? What are the learning needs of your students? And what are your, what are some ideas that you have that are going to help you get there? And I, I think after a while people just stop thinking of me as a technology person. And back to Chris's points, we know the danger of if I am seen as the person that's going to come in and help you, uh, with your PowerPoint presentation, which is a, something that we can do, but more as that, any bit that technical person and not as a, as a, collaborative partner, a teacher, it, I think it just takes away from how people look at us. So I would agree. I'll be interested to see what happens at your school um, It's it, with with your changes. And when you go to Bangkok next year, the whole idea of Kim Cofino is this literacy coach, where, where we know underneath that is a lot of technology, but she's a person there. She's a learning coach, and, I, and I'm, I'll be interested to hear what she has to say. By using that title and not talking about technology per se.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, where's the
1: conversation go from here?
2: <laughs> well, well,
0: you know, I, I think I, too, it's, you, you
2: know, you know, go ahead, Dave.
1: Well, I was just going to get you to go more on the, you're working with the principles because that's our, that we're going to end this, the our podcast in a couple of weeks. Dealing with what are barriers to shifting, and I'm wondering what do, feedback do you get back from uh, principals about besides this the uh, high stakes testing? What's getting in their way when they do understand what shifted teaching means? What what would they say uh, are, are barriers to helping their schools make the shift? Are you having those conversations?
2: Yeah, and you know what? I think part of it is the you know when we all first started doing technology a long time ago the the emphasis really was you know you're going to go to a workshop and learn how to do Microsoft Word, for example, because people didn 't have those tools so i right. 'm going to introduce you to the tool and maybe you 'll get it when you get back to your classroom so you know so we spent years on actual workshop type things, and then I think some people just felt like those things needed to continue and, and so now we do workshops on how to set up a wiki you know and it 's not that there 's anything wrong with that, but I think now we 're Trying to frame those more in the conversations like, like we just had. So it's not, it's not so much that I want you to be a wiki expert at the end of the day. It's just what I really want to get out of that is, you know, opportunities for international publishing or a way to watch students' writing unfold or whatever the real reason you're coming to this workshop is. So I think the work with principals has also had to shift as well. So now principals need to be thinking of themselves as, you know not necessarily the boss of the school or not someone who leads a faculty meeting where we talk about the bus schedule but instead you know we lead faculty meetings where we talk about um you know are we all setting up opportunities for students to communicate and collaborate globally you know are we all setting up opportunities where students can um l- look at data across cultures or m- measure trends based on this political information or, or whatever these things are so that's yeah. sort of why I like the standards because they help us they, for me, they help me help principals. You know, mm-hmm. bring a higher order thought of technology to the building beyond just those check-offable skills. Um, and I think principals just need that guidance as well. You know, they're they're busy folks, and they sort of went through the same technology training we all did ten years ago. But that's why I love these standards. As far as that is, it just helps me enable principals to have better conversations about technology. Um, than they might do otherwise
0: and i think that's what we keep coming back to right it's about having those conversations you know and, and like just exactly the things you were talking about i mean how would wouldn't you love to be in a staff meeting where a principal stood up and said okay how are we helping our students to connect what tools are we using what tools are out there how can we do this you know what's what's going on in your classrooms does anybody know of something you know is there a project going on that we need to be aware of how are we going to do this and have those conversations with teachers in the classroom? Cause you know, I find the same thing and it's really interesting. You brought that up, you know, that I, you know, f- five years ago, six years ago, I'd be doing training sessions after school and it was dreamweaver, you know, <laughs> learning yeah, how to make a exactly. website. It was Excel. It was word. And now, because, and I think this is part of the whole web 2.0 movement is that we don't, that conversation is completely shifted. It's like, okay, First of all, I think our teachers understand Word at a basic level, basic enough that we can jump into a wiki and it's not that big of a deal. Would you agree?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think too, um, you know, having these conversations, you are thinking about a principal meeting, for example, or a faculty meeting, you're using your same concept. Five years ago, uh, at a faculty meeting, the conversation might have been, okay, teachers, how many of you are using PowerPoint in your classrooms? Right. And they would all say, yeah. And then the principal would say, okay, great, now we can move on. Right, yeah. But now exactly. I, you know, now I think if a principal says, how many of you are using, you know, rich current data sources to help students predict trends or whatever, you'd get a handful of people, but I think you'd also get some blank stares. Right. And that's where I think, you know, it's a great framework for principals to be able to say, you know, now here's really what I'm getting at with technology. You can exactly. go to all the Dreamweaver workshops you want, but, what I really want us to get at in this building is, you know, sort of a constant flow of students who are planning strategies to guide mm-hmm. inquiry and um, collaborating with people across countries. Right. And, you know, what our technology people do is help you make that happen. You know, so I'm not going to make you all go to a Dreamweaver <laughs> workshop, but I am going to, um, have conversations with you and, and do classroom visits with you in which we talk about I am um, students interacting in this global platform or whatever the the topic is.
0: Yeah. No, I think you know it, it's I'm glad to hear and I mean do you know those conversations are going on?
2: Yeah, they are. they're definitely starting to go on and I think a lot of it really is um technology people like us I think who are helping to make those happen because right. It's sort of what we do. I mean, it's what we study. It's what we talk about online. It's what we're doing right now. So we're in a better position to help principals make those conversations happen. Um, I think they're slowly starting to happen, definitely. Um, Part of the professional development we would do with the principals in the project I work with, um, one of our whole conversation threads is called Rethinking Faculty Meetings. And the whole point really is that, is to not – you know. Just like we want our teachers to do, we, won't, we don't want our teachers to ask across the room, okay, does everybody understand? You know, and then all the kids raise their hand. That, that doesn't really accomplish anything. We want to get our principals to be thinking about you know, let's just sit down and have this in-depth conversation about
0: yeah.
2: data or information literacy or whatever it is. I, well, I think it's slowly starting to happen.
0: Yeah, and I think you know, one of the things that's, that's cool is, is we bring administrators on and administrators start using these tools. It gives teachers another look to see how to use tools and it's really interesting and maybe you've seen the same thing but uh, as soon as administrators start using the tool it's it's very interesting how many teachers all of a sudden sit up and take notice like I would yep, love absolutely. to see I would yeah. love to see a, uh, a principal say oh by the week by the way this week's you know outline for the staff meeting is in a Google Doc and feel free to everybody can go in there and add stuff I've shared it with the staff you know, and everybody go in and add if you have questions, comment things that we need to cover, and we're going to create it collaboratively. Or that you know, Miss Smith is sitting in the faculty meeting and she's actually taking notes in a Google Doc, and when it's done, it's automatically you know everybody's got it in their email, and there's no need to send another email to your to your inbox. Everybody knows everybody knows where to find them. You know what I mean? I think there's, I mean, it's. It's really interesting that I've seen at our school too is some of our teachers or some of our principals have stepped up and started using these tools. You know, One particular, our middle school principal started a blog, and he started it as a way to communicate with the community. So he writes basically the newsletter that he used to send home as a principal is now blog posts. And he, I mean, parents love it because they can log on; they can quickly see if there's anything new, and if not, they don't need to. But he's using our blogging platform to do that, and he's got everything in categories, so you can go back and you can see what's, you know, what's happening for the week or whatever. And it's been interesting because as the faculty is seeing him using the blog, how many faculty in our middle school now have blogs that do pretty much the same thing? And again, and I, you know, what, that's, I, it's really interesting to watch. And I
2: think that's a fantastic. To way to get that message across. It really is. You, it's difficult when you're in a school if your principal doesn't practice what he preaches, you know, right. or she. But I think using a blog, for example, and I think sort of part B of that could be, again, chances for principals to. Station. So here's a chance for the principal to not only model a good use of technology, but to say to the faculty, you know, let's talk. Here's why I'm using a blog. It's not because it's a cool tool. Right. It's because it actually makes my communication much more effective. You know, I can get rid of time restraints that I'm used to focus on here. And now I'm focusing strictly on the actual conversation itself. And that's what I wanted to get to, you know, so for us, it's nice to use these standards as a conversation for principles to talk about technology, um, in a leadership way, yeah. in a, a bigger picture way.
0: And what's been so good for our staff is one of the first things we do because we use WordPress MU is one of the first things almost every teacher do, uh, every teacher does is they install something called FireStats, which is a little plugin that tracks the number of visitors to your site, and it has you know number of total visitors, number of unique visitors, number of visitors in the last 24 hours, and that more than anything is so powerful. You know we are such in a data driven culture. For the principal yep. to be able to go to the administrative meeting and say, well, actually, in the last 24 hour, I've had 350 unique people look at my blog. And we know that those people are coming from here, there, and wherever they're coming mm. from. I mean, to walk in and have that data and see has been so powerful for both our administrators and our teachers. Cause you know, a teacher sends out, it's the same thing as it used to be. You know, you, you create the newsletter, you put it in the kid's backpack, and you pray it gets home. You know, yeah, and absolutely. most of them do, but if in kindergarten, most of them don't. So right. <laughs> it's been really interesting to to see teachers really pay close attention to their stats. And as much as that is for everything we do on the web, I mean, our kids are the same way. The The biggest thing they want is those little red dots to show up on their cluster map showing that they have visitors. It's the same thing for our teachers when all of a sudden they can see that there's a purpose to write on the blog or there's a purpose to create the newsletter in digital format because there's actually people reading it. And that was yep. that's probably been our, our biggest move away from Edline because Edline, there was no way to get, you know, teachers were putting stuff up there and they never knew if anybody was reading it. Where with their blog, it's just instant and it's everyday and it's fantastic feedback. You know, as much as we say it's great feedback for students, it's fantastic feedback for our teachers as well to show that, yes, the content you are putting up there is reaching an audience and it's worth doing. And you know
2: what? Your example just shows unbelievable – you know so many layers that are involved in that that really are different from sort of the old version of technology. So in your case, I bet none of those teachers would say, OK, kids, next Thursday we're going to do a blog right. and then we'll be done with it. You know what right. I mean? That's yeah. a whole different mm-hmm. use of technology, completely different. Um, so there isn't sort of an, an end to that thing. You know, we didn't do a blog on Thursday. Now we wrap it up and move right. on to something else. Exactly. And then the, I think the, the nice thing about using this framework, sort of the new Nets is for principles especially, really is this is why I'm choosing that tool because look at all the different things I can do with a blog that are ongoing. And they're, right. they're incredibly powerful things that, that aren't necessarily due to some check-offable technology. Uh, you know, this whole bigger concept of, what that brings to the classroom.
0: Now, have you looked at the um, – don't they have the str- the draft out of the teacher, the new net teachers, new net administrator standards?
2: They don't for administrators, but they do have for teachers. Have the you, new I teacher haven't looked ones. at
0: them yet. Have you seen them? Are they much along yeah. the same lines?
2: Yeah, very much along these same lines. And there are things like how do I model you know, effective mm. uses of data? Um, how do I um, enable opportunities in the classroom for students to exhibit digital citizenship and so on?
0: And so, again,
2: I I think from my standpoint, what I'm looking at these from. Almost again, going back to in higher order uses of let's just have a conversation about what this even means. You know, I don't want to come check off that you did this. And again, that's why I, I can't, I have searched and searched for a better word besides standards and I can't quite figure out if there is one or not.
0: I, we have to um, come up with one, Chris. That's our job. <laughs> we need it does. To come being, up with you know, because you, you know
2: what's going to make me nervous about the new teacher standards is that same thing. Now I'm thinking yeah. teachers are going to say, oh God, now I, my principal's going to come make exactly. me take a test on these, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but in reality, I think they're just going to be great conversation starters for yeah
1: I see a you know, blog post down about. the road from <laughs> one of you guys. Yeah, I think that's, it's, it's so powerful. What I'm hearing is that it's a conversation starter instead of ender. Because <laughs> in a way, we're talking about how sometimes technology can in, end a conversation just bringing it up. But the idea when you walk in and you start talking about these uh, learning outcomes that deal with, these higher order thinking, uh, it's hard for anyone to, to argue or, or say, oh, I can't do that when when it's pretty obvious stuff. So I, I'd be interested to see what kind of uh, terminology maybe we can come up with that might make that a little bit more palatable for yeah, folks. Um, wondering if you're all ready to do a blog post of the week. Chris is, has a holiday there, Memorial Day, and I think. I've been away so long. <laughs> yes, Chris?
2: We do, and, you know, this classic technology yeah. person, what am I doing? I'm up at 7 a.m. <laughs> on Memorial yes. Day weekend.
1: We need to, because this we need to get you marks. out in Blue Ridge here.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you know, s- sleep or a blog talk. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I'm a tell you. Sleeping is so
1: boring. What comes first? I <laughs> know. Uh, um well, we, uh, we do it. I'm wondering if... Uh, you won't start us off. We, we, we stop and just take a moment to either share a blog post or a book or a podcast, anything that, that's kind of come across your radar recently that you want to share. Um, uh, sure. so do you have something out there?
2: Mm-hmm. I do. Uh, a friend of mine blogs at bionicteaching.com. Tom Woodward mm-hmm. is his name. Um, he just did a, a post sort of timely enough talking about blogs and he was, had kind of his own internal debate basically about how to share blogs with his higher ed faculty. So he said, you know, he could have done the traditional, here's how a blog works and here's the mechanics of setting up. But instead he kind of led folks through this discussion about, so you're coming to this blog workshop because you want to do a blogs, but what is it that you really want to do? You don't really want to do a blog as an, as an end to something you're trying to get something accomplished. Yeah. So let's figure out the best structure for your blog. So in his blog post this week, he talks about how he led folks through a discussion about choosing the appropriate blogging tool depending on what their real curricular goals were, and I thought that was sort of timely. So, and that's Good. at bionicteaching.com. Okay, I've got it.
0: Great,
1: Jeff, you want to jump in?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, um, I said I'll post it. So I've, I've actually got—I've been sitting here looking through the, the Thinking Stick and came up with the three that I have. And it's funny because I wrote about this back on post 36, Nets in a 2.0 World, where I go off about. You know, I kind of yes. rearranged the nets into a conversation. And then uh earlier this year, as I started this year, I, I had a post called Do We Need Tech Standards that has a great conversation thread that I was just going back and reading, there's ten or twelve comments there. And then there's another one not too long ago that says Nets refresh, do we need do we need tech standards? I'm struggling again. And so I'll post all of those. But then you know, great. another post that I keep coming back to is the one by George Siemens where he says pedagogy first, whatever. And you know, I've talked about this post a number of times but it goes back to the same thing we're talking about that you know there's a change happening here and I think we have to get we have to get outside of that you know as we've been saying outside of that word standards outside of you know what you know what does this look like pedagogically well you know what we have to change that that whole thing needs to shift and what this is going to look like in the future is i think that's what's exciting to me is that we don't know yet and we're sitting here you know here we sit on a podcast and we've got to come up with a better word for standards there's something else there what do we call them and i think that's part of it you know and and once we do continue to wrap our heads around this and get this headed in a direction that's when the shift's really going to take hold so it'll be interesting to see you know one thing you know going back on what chris was saying One of the things I like about the new standards for teachers is that a lot of schools are starting to go to a a performance portfolio model for teachers as a way of assessment. And what a great way to have those net standards framed in such a way that as a teacher, you could pull those into your portfolio when it says, how do you model being a digital citizen? And you can go through all those ways that you've modeled, you know, because you have a blog or because you have a wiki or because, you know, you've, you've been involved in this project or, you know, you've taught kids to do this. And there's so many ways I think that we can pull teachers in, you know, through that same, that same way we try to pull kids in. I think that's so important to really show them how that works. So that's my rant. On to you, Dave. All
1: right. And, And that's, that's a great point. HKS has spent the last three years uh adopting standards and benchmarks for teacher performance and talk about a way to uh help teachers make make the, the the steps towards uh technology integration for these these very valuable learning outcomes that's a great way put it put it right in there in the standards and benchmarks where they're going to have to show evidence of the ways they're getting their kids um, towards these nets whether they're teacher nets or just nets for their uh Student learning, that's a great point. Uh, practical theory, Chris Lehman's uh, blog, he's always got good things to say, but recently he put up a post about there's a video going around um, uh, different leaders in educational technology talking about the need to shift our schools. And Chris just brings up the point that we, I think we talk about a lot, that to, to really have a shifted classroom, to do so many of the things that Chris was talking about tonight, a lot of them in science uh, in particular, that it takes a lot of work up front and a lot of design work, um, and it just doesn't happen by chance. And uh, that, and in, in teachers are under the gun if if there's going to be an administrator walking in potentially with a checklist, and the kids are working cooperatively, and some are over in one part of the room, uh, doing the Horizon Project, connecting to students around the world. And you've got another group who've gone off with a parent on a field trip. And um, it, it's, it's not as easy uh, when, when we're doing a shifted classroom as a direct instruction classroom. Um, but it, It's a lot of hard work. So I think Chris just brings out that point to remind us for all, the, for all of our good beliefs in shifting our classes that it's a lot of hard work to make it really happen. Um, looking at a couple weeks away, and, and Chris, we're going to have to get you to come back and talk more about ad, ad, administrators because we're going to have uh, three administrators come on our show on June 12th uh, and deal with the question of what are our barriers to schools making the shift. Um, one of the uh, administrators, well, now he's an educational consultant, Rick Pierce, has been here at Sinshu International School off and on for the past year and a half, helping our young school move forward. Uh, Jeff, you've got a a couple uh, different uh, administrators coming in, one from Shanghai and one from International School of Bangkok. Yeah,
0: we've got uh, Andy Torres, who is a deputy superintendent and blogger, Twitter. Uh, <laughs> he does it all. He's fantastic. Podcasts, everything. So he'll be here, a very shifted administrator, and it'll be really good to talk to him about what stalls the shift and a lot of the things that he's dealt with as, as a principal and now at a district level. And we also have Strun Robinson, who should be joining us from uh, International School of Bangkok, who's the elementary vice principal down there, and talking about a lot of what they're doing. You know, we talked with Justin and Kim last week about what they're doing in the elementary. And so we'll be able to get an administrator's point of view of how they brought the staff along and, you know, what have been some of the road bumps along the way as they've tried to shift that school down there. So
1: so it should be good. Definitely. All right. Sounds excellent. Well, cool. Chris, thanks for... Thanks for getting up so early on your on your weekend, and uh, we really appreciate you taking the time to chat with us.
2: Yeah, I loved it. You know, I was just talking about shifting stuff. I think this is sort of shifting professional development, so I get so much more out of this kind of thing than out of a traditional workshop. So I hear you. I'm glad to glad to have been a part.
0: Yep. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.
2: Thank you, guys. Are you,
0: gonna you going to be at Neck? You I NEC? will be
2: there. Yep. Excellent. Absolutely. Well, make
0: sure we make sure we catch up with each other when you're there.
2: Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: Alright, great. Alright, well I think that's gonna wrap it up. Until next time, keep shifting those schools. Thanks guys. Bye bye. Thanks yes. Chris, appreciate it. Enjoy, enjoy your day enjoy
1: off. It. <laughs> yeah, Chris, are you heading out or are you gonna stick around at home? <laughs> what are you all up to? He's already gone. Oh, that was, I don't blame him. <laughs> Alright. You know, several of these. Yeah, we're gonna to have to get several of these folks back next year. So, all right, well, I'll have the show notes first thing up, first thing up tomorrow, and uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks.
0: All right, sounds good. Take it easy. Enjoyed it. All right, bye. Yeah, man.